both candy bars. <laughs> yeah. The third one you had today. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. We are back. Fourth, fourth one you've had today. See, he he talks about buying thirty five dollars worth of candy. I did. He probably ate thirty just in the four. I did not. Yeah, ate ten dollars probably. Ten dollars worth of candy bars. Candy bars are expensive. Let's explain for the people who are just now listening. So just tuning in, <laughs> JP went and bought candy bars. And so much that people were surprised and questioning his sanity. Yeah. $35. $35 worth of candy bars. And he's probably ate three or four in the last (laughs) 10 minutes. So he stayed four. Hey, we've had some. I I, I ate one before I got back here. Yeah. Yeah. That that counts. That makes sense. I got some Reese's next to me. You guys both ate two. I ate two. I I ate two. You're throwing shade my way. (laughs) What's the matter with you? <laughs> it's hey, it's we're easy. just supporting our local gas station. Uh, yeah. We're supporting. The right. like, what are meats. you doing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Welcome back to the podcast. We took uh, a little recording break. I don't think it was maybe a one-week break for you guys, um, but a little recording break. We just had a lot going on at the church. We had a, a Christian Life Conference with Butch Bennett that yep. was awesome and is Excellent. on our YouTube channel if you want to see that. Uh, I took the youth youth group on our summer trip to the Creation Museum and the Ark and Kings Island and only lost one kid, so it was a great trip. Yeah. Great great trip overall. Parents uh, weren't concerned, I didn't think. Nah. No. No. <laughs> but, yeah, so we're excited to be back in the studio with In the Book, um, and we're going to just continue our journey through, journey through the Book of Acts. Yeah. So thanks thanks for tuning in and checking out our other stuff. Let's get if in. you have, if you have, if not, you should tune in and check out our other stuff. There's a lot of good stuff on here. Yeah. So Acts, fifth book of the Bible. Um, we're heading into fifth what, book of the New Testament. Fifth book of the New Testament. I'm sorry, not the fifth book <laughs> of the Bible. Yeah. Um, Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-mm. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Yeah, Deuteronomy. I was thinking Deuteronomy is before Numbers. Um, yeah, fifth book in the New Testament, um, and in in my personal estimation of studying the Bible and, you know, believing that the Bible has one whole story from beginning to end, um, this is one of the most pivotal chapters mm-hmm. because it records the conversion of the person who wrote the majority of the mm. New Testament. Mm-hmm. And that was no small feat. And so, you know, it talks about that. And I don't I don't know if anybody knows, but um most of the New Testament, a lot of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. Uh the Apostle Paul used to be known as Saul. Mm-hmm. Um uh Paul, when he wrote after his conversion, relates uh what his former life was. He was a Jew, he was a Pharisee, he was very well educated, he was he was blameless according to the law, like this guy did everything religiously right. Mm-hmm. And he persecuted Christians when he was Saul. And he and, and Paul, uh, now that he's Paul, he writes about that. And but this is the this uh Acts chapter nine is actually the written um the written account account version yeah of the the conversion of Saul and um i think it's kind of funny because um Saul uh 
Saul was trying to find um, uh, those that were following Jesus, and mm-hmm. Acts chapter 9 refers to it as those that were a part of, quote-unquote, the way. Yeah. The way, right? Um, and he was traveling on the road uh, to Damascus, and it just so happened um, that... Uh, Saul saw a bunch of lights flashing from heaven, <clears throat> and he and he heard a voice. Mm-hmm. And here's God, who we perceive as God. Um, and the voice says to him, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?" And um, then Saul, of course, asks, "Oh, who are you talking? Who is it talking to me?" And then. The, the voice then replies, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting, but rise and enter the city, and it shall be told to you what you must do. I find it very interesting. Do you, in this chapter, in, in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through... 6? 6... One through eight, really. One through eight or nine. I guess we could go that far. Do you see a gospel presentation there? And an, an invite to the pulpit to come see, to the podium. Is that what you're asking? Aisle? Yeah, you come that? to the aisle. Uh, what do you see there? I mean, you see Jesus himself showing him, revealing himself. You don't see a, a fancy skit. You don't see a song. You don't see an invite to the podium. You don't see a Lord's Prayer. No. So when did Saul slash Paul receive Jesus? Believe in Jesus. Well, I think <laughs> so. I, I it's accounted there, but it, there's also three days in Damascus where he's blind. Yeah, he said, "What am I supposed to do?" Yeah. Well, he 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 gets up and knocked him to the ground. He gets up. All the guys and all of a sudden, he can't yeah. see. And the Bible re- uh, reports that yep. there were scales on his eyes. Yep. Hey, go to this city, the closest city. Stay there. I'll tell you what to do. Yeah. Well, and like you said, Paul was an educated man. He was a Jewish, like, top guy. He knew of Jesus. He actually... Oh, he was very it, well it acquainted says he with held him. the coats of, of those who... Crucified him. Crucified him. So That's he was right. there at the crucifixion. And then he goes on this... Christian martyr, and he was persecuting the way, chasing the way, or are the, the disciples of Christ. Uh, why he was going to Damascus in the first place is because the stoning yeah. of Stephen and the Christians had dispersed. So he's going to other countries to start yep. killing. So when did he? I mean, I think probably right then. He's blind. This this re- Jesus revealed himself to him. Uh, yeah, I'm, but he didn't do anything. No, he just Wait. spoke. What do you mean? <laughs> this is similar to the thief, like a thief on the cross moment. Mm-hmm. Very much so. There wasn't this magical prayer. There wasn't this. It was just, okay. Yep. You will be with me in heaven. He says in verse 11, the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called straight and inquire this is to Ananias. Uh, yeah. At the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. Mm-hmm. Who pray tell 
is Saul praying to? God. Wait. <laughs> so even the Jewish people believed in God. They didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't believe that Jesus was the Son was of the God. Was the Son of God. And so he had the history. He had the Torah. He knew of God. He knew of all of the, the things. He was perfect in the sight of the law. He didn't know Jesus. And, and so, you wonder why he uh, God said to him in verse um, 5, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Yep. I'm, I'm exactly it's who you're killing. not that Saul did not know Jesus. He knew he was very well acquainted right. with him, probably ran into him occasionally, yeah. you know, hanging out in Jerusalem, held the coats of those who crucified him. There's a lot of things that he... But I, I find it often interesting when I read this, a passage like this, and I think, wait, that doesn't seem to fit the model, mm-hmm. our model. I was going to say, we've created a model. <sighs> interesting. He gets to Damascus, and... Ananias is spoken to by the Lord, and Ananias um, was told, hey, go find this guy. He's going to be <laughs> praying. Um, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so they might regain sight. Then, But Ananias answered, I love this, Lord, I have heard. Sure? <laughs> I have heard. From many guys yeah, yeah. about this man, I, I know who. How this much is. I know this dude. This is a bad yeah. dude, man. Yeah. Are you sure you want me to do this? Like, wait, what? I didn't hear you. Let me, let me clear the wax can out you, of my ear. Can you clear your throat? I thought you said Saul. I thought you said Saul. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Verse fourteen. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all those who call upon thy name. Mm-hmm. This guy's going to kill me. <laughs> But the Lord said to him, go for what? He is a chosen instrument of mine. Hold up. Hold the phone. Hold it all. <laughs> we just went from a Christian persecutor the to last a chapter. chosen instrument in less than a week. I was going to say the last chapter is called Saul ravages the church. Which he did. Ravages is the title. And then it's Saul's conversion. What? (laughs) So what does that, just for a moment, like what does that say? What does that say about God and how he relates to us? I mean, what he chooses to do and who he's going to use. Like, how does that work? Uh I mean, it really tells us that God can use whoever, whoever, whatever, whenever. I mean, to you do remember the story of Balaam? Mm-hmm. You know what he used there? Talking donkey. A talking donkey <laughs> yeah. or a talking... Other word. Yeah. Beep. Word. <laughs> that word. It just is very interesting to me that he went from... A persecutor. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who's that speaking to me? It's Jesus, Jesus, the one who's persecuting. You're persecuting. 
Here, that knocks him on the ground. Uh, he stands up, scales on his eyes, can't see, goes to Damascus. Some guys are told to go and lay hands on him and pray for him, so he gets delivered. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "We're they're scared to death. Are you sure? We know this dude. He's a bad dude. He kills Christians. Yeah, is Go, this- for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him oh. <laughs> how much he's going to suffer for my name's sake. Mm-hmm. You want to pick on me? Come on now. You know, it's like, are you kidding me? Are you serious that God, I mean, God really does use who he wants. And and a lot of us are examples of that, you know. Um, I'm always still amazed. I'm still amazed at, you know, when I look back at my own life, I think. Somebody asked me the other day what I did, and I told them. They were like, what? I was like, listen, if anybody shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, it's me. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't killing Christians. Right. <laughs> right. But it's a testimony to God's long-sufferingness, his faithfulness. His sovereignty. His sovereignty and his ability to actually turn a life around. Mm-hmm. Did he say, oh, I'm going to do this because he's going to, you know, it's going to be the best for him. And no. no, for I will show him how much I'm he will suffer for means. my name's sake. Yeah. I got something planned for him. He's my chosen vessel. Yeah. Now, here's the th- here's the funny thing about it. I don't think Paul knew that at the time because he wasn't speaking to Paul. No. In 15 and 16, this is not to Paul. Nope. This is this is to the Ananias. Other, Anan- Ananias, to the other guys. And Ananias departed and entered the house and after laying his hands on him said, Brother Saul, hold up. Yep. Hold up. Yeah. <laughs> brother, brother, mm-hmm. who you call him brother? The guy you're terrified of. All of a sudden you're calling him brother? Mm-hmm. What who, who may have killed people you know. Probably did. Or family, even. Are you sure, God, that guy? Are you, th- that, him. that guy? Mm-hmm. Asa's brother saw the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight. And? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. What is going on <laughs> in this book? Mm-hmm. Kiddingly, I mean, think about this. And immediately there he fell from his eyes, something like scales, and he regained his sight. And he arose and he was baptized. Baptized. And he took food and was strengthened. Mm-hmm. So he hadn't ate in three days, hadn't drank in three days, hadn't done anything but sat there with his eyes covered, thinking it's probably permanent punishment. And season of actually he sees a vision at some point of a guy named Ananias. So here's part of the lesson. I think what we can draw from as an application from this, this part of it. Many times when God is trying to get your attention, whether to draw you to himself Mm -hmm. for the sake of believing in the gospel or you're a believer and he's trying to get your attention, he uses circumstances to do that Mm -hmm. in a way and many times it incapacitates you until... He gets your attention. Yeah. Yeah. It's that simple. 
And what do we do? We fight. You know, we fight. I don't see Paul fighting here, which is weird because his demeanor completely changed. Because he's a fighter for sure. Yeah. He's uh, he's, he's strong willed and he was in leadership. Killing people. Yeah. I'm gonna kill you. You're a Christian. You're a part of the way. Yeah, you're you know. Gone. And then all of a sudden and immediately there fell off eyes something like scales and he yep. regained his sight. And there he he stood up and he was baptized and he took food and he was strengthened. Interesting. Verse nine. When he was on his way to Damascus. Three days he couldn't see and he didn't eat or drink anything. Mm-hmm. Why? I'm sure the people there would have given him something to eat or drink. Why do you think he didn't eat or drink? I've always postulated about stuff like that. Like, why is it? I Well, I mean, you think of when you go through shock for one. The shock of a traumatic event, like falling off a horse or being knocked to your feet by a bright light, whether he was riding a horse or we don't know for sure, but he's knocked to the ground by a light. Most likely he was walking. Yeah. And and it says the people around him heard the voice, but didn't see the light even. Mm-hmm. So even the people around him are like, what the heck is going on? Like, here's our fearless leader just getting punted to the ground. It might have been the first time in Paul in Saul's life that he was scared. Yeah. Cause a lot of times when you experience fright or you 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 know mm-hmm. you don't want to eat, you know, you're like traumatized. What you're, do I do now? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I find it very interesting, you know, especially when the guys were asked to go talk to him. But then we get, you know, to verse nineteen and verse twenty. He took food and was strengthened. Mm-hmm. Now, now, the Bible says, for several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus. Hold time, time out. Yep. Now he's with the people he came to kill. He's hanging out, which probably means he's taking the Lord's Supper, doing like communion, praising. Oh. Going to he's temple. hanging out with the disciples. He's hanging out with the people he was on the way to kill. And like I said, may have even killed family or friends that they knew. Disciples, the ones that were part of the Acts chapter 2 experience. Yep. So now, without any record of him asking Jesus into his heart, <laughs> without any record of a clear Lord. Now, in other places, in other, you know, he, he well, relates that. But in Acts... It just it gives this the these like segment jumps. Mm-hmm. Now for several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus, and immediately huh, he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, "He is the Son of God." Mm. Okay, we gotta talk about this for a second. <laughs> Which tells me Paul Saul knew a lot about Jesus. Mm-hmm. There wasn't probably much he much more he could learn. And he was killing Christians because they believed in him. And it took a conversion experience for him to change his mind yep. about Jesus. Yep. In the Bible, we call that Repent. repentance. And that's what I was just going to say. We just talked about repentance. We and, did. And Paul has a clear repentive moment. Okay, so but wait. It says immediately. Yeah. Where was he out of when he was killing Christians. Where was his base? Like where, where he came from, Jerusalem. 
yeah, do you, th- you know, he was a Pharisee, so he spent time in the temple. Mm-hmm. So they knew what he believed about Christians. Mm-hmm. And then it says immediately, uh, he Jesus. began to yeah. proclaim Jesus in the synagogues. Wait, that was the place you just came from a week ago, yeah. man. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Wait. is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem? I can imagine and- Paul Saul going, yeah, that was me. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Oops. <laughs> I should have done that. Yeah, he wreaked havoc in Jerusalem upon Jesus' name, and has he not come here for this purpose? To bring and bound before a chief priest. He came to arrest the people he's teaching <laughs> like, and kill, martyr. But Saul kept increasing in strength. And confounding the Jews. You guys know what confounding is? Confused. Yeah. Confusing them. Yeah. Like they 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 couldn't explain it, right? Who lived in Damascus by proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Here's what I love. <laughs> and this is a lesson. Be careful who your friends are because those that once praised you and love you, you do something that they're against. They will be the first to kill you. Mm-hmm. And when many days had elapsed, the Jews plotted together to do away with him. Yep. Okay. Now the Jews yep. are trying to Hold get up. rid of Saul. We Wait. sent this guy. We sent to Damascus to kill, to Christians. kill Christians and now he's converting Jews now to Christianity. He's accepted Jesus, changed his mind yeah. about Jesus, converting Jews to Christianity. You're not our friend anymore. We want to kill you. Yep, you're done. Be careful how you choose your friends. Mm. That's my plot. I was I was reading a uh, a commentary on this, and there was a quote from I don't uh, George Bernard Shaw his name i don't know what he wrote but here's the quote is no one persecutes a man who is ineffective and who is obviously does not matter correct the biggest compliment you can pay an author is to burn his books a wolf will never attack a painted sheep counterfeit christianity is always safe real christianity is always in peril to suffer persecution is to be paid the greatest of compliments because it's a certain proof that men think we really matter paul wrote these words all those who walk godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution for my sake. Mm. Paul, this guy, I, ravaging the the church. Man, this story just always gets me because I'm like, I, this doesn't make any sense yeah. to me, man. This is crazy. Well, it, it makes you think, like, I if if a bright light flashed in this room right now and said, "I'm Jesus," go to. Las Vegas, which is the only city even comparable to like Nineveh. Yeah. And it's probably not even that bad. But like go there and, and preach the gospel or go go to the the people that are persecuting Christians in China and confront them. You know, go face to face. Hold up. That those guys? You want me to go there? Uh, I don't know about that. I, I think us as the American church, we would just go, mm, no thanks. I like my pew. I like my pew, God. Uh, this is my chair. Like, 
And so here's a guy that was killing Christians doing that. And he says, hey, go. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, verse 26, and when they had come to Jerusalem, so they go back to Jerusalem. He was trying to associate with the disciples. Hey, man. Mm. Hey, guys. How's it going? Well, I'm, and this I'm is part a- of your group now. And it says... And they were afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. This is oh, a yeah. three-year time jump. Yeah. So he was in Damascus. It says some days in the verse before, but it was about three years. Yes. And then he goes back. After to, a while. Three years, he goes back to the place that sent him out to kill Christians. Hi, guys. Talking to the disciples. Hey. Hey, guys. How Can I hang out with you? And they're back. like, yo, come on, dude. No, we, we don't trust you. Yeah. Because they didn't believe that was true. No, they're like, this is, this but, is obviously a fake. But, but which I love, but Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described yes. to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. And he was with them moving about freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of Jesus. So I, I have been studying something totally different and that too, but Barnabas took like, Mm. All the disciples were scared. The apostles were scared even. And it says, but Barnabas was like, hold up, let me step in. Well, later on, that's why you find out there was Paul and Barnabas. <laughs> that 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 line right there, but Barnabas steps up, basically. <clears throat> I've been I've been studying prayer and just trying to motivate my youth leaders about intercessory prayer, mm-hmm. like standing up for other people. And I I was studying first Timothy too. Yeah. It says, first of all, then I urge that supplication, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. And then he goes on and kings and royalty and people in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people. Hmm. Who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Hmm. We're all supposed to be Barnabas in this situation. Yeah. We're all supposed to be standing up for that guy. You you want me to stand the up one, for that the, guy? The one who used to be. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Yeah. And, and whatever it is, like we, there's in our culture, like the, the murderers, the, the scary biker dudes with tattoos, mm-hmm. which is your crowd. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like a little bit used the, to be the people that we think are the lowest of lows. And Paul, who wrote first Timothy. Yes, he did. I urge you to intercede for them. We need to be going to God on their behalf. Paul saying, had somebody interceding for him. Yeah. Which. I'm sure Barnabas wasn't like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, that guy. Oh, I love, oh, I love, I love Saul. He's so good. Yeah. No, like, it's just this the the intercessory of prayer. I've really been studying, and just this idea that we're all called to be doing this. We need to be standing up between evil and and lost people. We all know lost people. We all know people that don't know Jesus, and we need to be going to Jesus on their behalf. <laughs> Say, God, I'm praying for that guy. You know, you would hope. And so I just, that was something that's been jumping out at me a lot lately. And I just love that comparison that, but Barnabas stood up. And then Paul writes later, you You know, many times through events or loss, people 
have a head-on collision with Jesus on their own Damascus road, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a loss of someone, and many times traumatic events heighten your awareness towards somebody who can solve your problem, mm. which is outside of yourself, God himself, right? And when we have a head-on collision, um, it's revolutionary. I mean, it changes everything about you. It changes your life. It You're not who you used to be, and things become clearer, right? But I think many times what we're looking for, it, at least it appears to me, and I'm, I'm not trying to dog the church at all, but many times what we're looking for is... Um, People that have uh, a little bit better of a, uh, um, uh, what do they call that when you put all your jobs on a piece of paper? Resume. A little bit of a better mm-hmm. Christian resume. Yeah, we want fit. we want your suit and tie. Yeah, or or we want a different type of person. Yep. Um, and I get that. I, I understand that somewhat. Because that's what we're used to. But, you know, well, last night we, we had our Bible study, which was great. Dalton, were you there? Mm-mm. Huh? I was not. No. Hmm. <laughs> we'll talk we'll, about We'll that pray later. for you. We'll pray for you. We'll go. We'll, we'll intercede have, for you. We'll have intercessory prayer. <laughs> we were talking about last night, you know, Jesus picking disciples, mm. who he picked. And he certainly didn't pick the shining stars. We talked about Peter, who we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Yeah, Talked about Peter. First thing he did was hacked a guy's ear off. Of course, Jesus did tell him to bring a sword. Yeah. You know, and then it's like James and John, fishermen who like to fight, tax collector that steals money. I mean, you go through the list, mm-hmm. and you're like, it just it, it doesn't fit necessarily with our view of who God should pick our biblical narrative. Yeah. yeah how, how we, our Christian how narrative. we look at scripture and how we perceive and understand scripture many times. And God chooses, you know, Paul says this and God chooses the weak and the base things, of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Hmm. I don't use the mighty things and the great things. I use the things that are base and weak. Hmm. And that's just so counterintuitive to kind of how we think. I, um, some years ago, I was looking, many years ago, actually, I was uh, looking to move on in my ministry career. And um, I was filling out resumes to churches, which is kind of a bizarre thing now that I think about it. Um, filling out resumes to churches, and uh, I applied to one church, and I got a response back, and they said, "Well, we've had five hundred re- over five hundred resumes come in, and yours is one of ten that we're considering." And I'm thinking, "Wow, that many people feel called <laughs> that feel like God's calling them to the same place." And it, and it's really weird the process now. And I understand why we have to do that. Yeah, but I I also keep keep up with different websites that are out there that advertise church jobs and stuff. And I read some of those, and I've said this before, I read some of those and I think Jesus couldn't feel that if he no. was walking this earth. No. He he would not qualify. 
That's why it, it, sometimes it makes me a little sad. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to dog the church, but I think we need to rethink kind of how we approach things at times. Not that people should be educated, not that people should be mature and have knowledge and be able to lead. You know, that that's but not a bad thing. I think we forget that people have to start somewhere. Like we yes. have this this idea of everybody that comes to church is a complete Christian. I wish that were true. I well, yeah, but it's not. I yeah, and so just just the idea that but Barnabas stood up, you know, like that we need to start standing up. And who's Bar- who's this guy? Barnabas is Barnabas. just a guy they brought in after Judas. They're like, okay, we vote on Barnabas. Come on in. So he was an apostle, but like, and that's his character. Everything we see about Barnabas, Barnabas in throughout Scripture is him standing up for people and just he was a huge support mechanism for Paul. Yeah. That was his role. Yeah. A Barnabas. Yeah. But Barnabas stood up. Think yeah, about that. So, that's just cool. So what do you think about, um, as we move on, like the end of the chapter, 32 to 43, <laughs> what do you think about Peter's interaction there? Well, you, I mean, that, was doing? that I think you've missed something with Paul that was super important. Uh, so he's disputing against the Hellenist Jews. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, <clears throat> they're seeking to kill him again, mm-hmm. naturally. Uh, and when the brothers learn this, they... They helped him flee. So all the disciples now are helping Paul. Yes. But so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. There's four things that happened. You just, it brought back, as soon as you started talking about it, I'm thinking, I think that's the verse where there's four things. Mm -hmm. Peace. Peace. It was being built. Built up. They walked in fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. But comfort in the spirit. Comfort in the spirit. Where believers, where where believers, I'm just going to read it. Where, where the spirit of God is and has his way in the hearts of lives of believers, then unsaved people are going to get found. If the spirit of God is living in you and you're doing what he's telling you to do, mm-hmm. lost people are going to be found. Well... The Bible but, does say... But we're too worried about our chair. Yeah. There's that. <laughs> Don't take my chair. There's that. And I and, and I think that our people, not just our people, the church, yeah. I think if you would... I don't think they would say it that way, but it definitely comes across that way. And I, I don't think they would actually, you know come right out and say, well, I really don't have any interest in that. Mm. I just want to, maybe they would, but I just have interest in feeding myself and being a consumer when it comes to church. Nobody's going to say that outright. Right. Um, Some may, but the reality is like there's characteristics that, that were happening there that can happen anywhere where God is involved and the spirit of God is active and involved. Mm -hmm. And the spirit you know, I was praying the other day about the Christian Life Conference, and one of the things I prayed was this. These are the words I prayed. I was asking God, I I, I, I was simply saying, God, if you could use your spirit to draw people to yourself using this place, like bring them to this place so they can be matured and grown up. And I, and I've been, I was thinking about that for a couple of days and just asking God, to draw people to himself, the spirit of God does that. Mm-hmm. And so, if we're engaged in a co uh, a co work, which Paul talks about, we're co workers and co labors with the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. 
as he uses us, he uses us to draw those who don't know him to himself. And so this, you know, they enjoyed peace. They enjoyed peace. Yep. Apparently there was not. Even though people were trying to kill them. Yeah, and being built up, mature, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And it continued to increase. And, of course, it says, you know, they were fearing the Lord as well. So those are are components, I believe, of a healthy, Mm -hmm. active church. And ultimately, there is a result. What's the result? The church started to increase. Multiply. And how do we do that? We got to go small and concentrate on sticking with the truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus as our foundation. And then if it gets big, it's because we're matured, not because we just want to be big. I yeah. said, you've, you guys heard me say this from the platform many times. Yep. I'm not looking to build a big church. I'm looking to build a healthy church. I'm looking for God to help us build a healthy church and people mature in him. Yeah. So people are drawn to that so they can also accept Christ and yeah, I don't care about the size of our church, but I do care about the size of the kingdom. Well, God does. Yeah. You know, God is, uh, I think it was John Piper that wrote this in his book, Let the Nations Be Glad. God is most satisfied when he is most glorified, mm-hmm. and he can b- be most glorified when there's more people mm-hmm. to honor and worship Like him. that verse in First Timothy, because he wants all people to yeah. be saved. That's yeah. just, oh, that's so cool. All right, now we can move on to Peter. Sorry. We have like <laughs> just, two minutes. No, he he, uh, he just turned it on. Oh, yeah. you just turned it on? He well, I, I forgot, so. So now it's on. Now, when I turn it off so, is when we... We got time. Computer. He gets a title today. Not yeah. only is he boss of the round, now he's starting to forget. <laughs> Already. Hey, I need an intern. Yeah, so, well, Peter. you're going to have to find yourself one. I will. So, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Now, as Peter went here, so they're uh, in Jerusalem, and or where they at Lydda, yeah, and they're among them. All he all he came down also in the saints who lived at Lydda. Yes, there he found a man named uh, Aeneas, mm-hmm. bedridden for eight years, mm-hmm. who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, and Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Heals a guy, saves two towns. Mm. Whatever. Just typical Tuesday. One day's Peter. work. One day's work in the kingdom. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's yeah. I I mean, what do you say? He he healed a guy. Two whole towns were saved. I. <laughs> I can't go there. It would take too long. <laughs> anyway. So, and then there's another story of the best name in the Bible, Dorcas. Tabitha. Yes, Tabitha. But Dorcas was the Jewish and Tabitha is the Greek. You just like saying the name. I do. Dorcas is awesome. Why didn't you name your daughter Dorcas? Because it's not that awesome. <laughs> Sailor is way cuter than Dorcas. <clears throat> yes, it is. And she's a cute guy. So uh, then there's another account of the apostles healing someone. Now there was in Joppa. So all these are towns right around the Damascus area still like kind of Northern Israel, Jerusalem Um, in Joppa, a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas, which also means gazelle. Just was her name was Dorcas for whatever reason. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died. 
And when they washed her, they laid her in the upper room. Yep. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. Peter, they wanted Peter to come. They wanted Peter because he was in Lida. So he came. They sent messengers. So Peter rose, went with them, and when he arrived, they took him up to the upper room. Yep. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing clothes and other garments that Tabitha had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, rise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and raised her up Then, calling in the saints and widows and presented her alive. And it became known throughout all of Joppa and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with Simon a Tanner. So when Jesus was walking the earth, what were what was one of the proofs of his ministry? He brought two people back to life. One was right. a little girl, and he even says that these are these. It's just to prove. This yep. is to show you that I am who I am. Yep. So we get Jesus. Or Jesus ascends. Holy Spirit comes. We're like three and a half, four years out. Saul is converted on the road to Damascus. He goes to. Um, Jerusalem, Jerusalem gets run out of Jerusalem. Gets run out of Jerusalem. Wants to be a disciple. Hey guys, I'm yep. here. They're kind of, and then it skips to Peter, mm-hmm. and Peter in less than ten verses mm-hmm. brings two people back to life. Right, brings one to life. One to life unparalyzes him. Another, another one walks. Right, another one. But, so miracles. Yeah. And so, why do you think? Like what? What's the what's the reason for the miracles? Why? Uh, Jesus already had proved to he said he what he said he was going to do, and he'd already raised from the dead, and he already sent the Spirit of God. It was just further Why? proof. Thirty five. All the residents of Lydon and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Uh, and it became known forty two, and it became known throughout all of Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Weird, He's isn't just it? huh. He's Weird. just sharing the gospel. He's just presenting his truth through these miracles. What's interesting is Tabitha. I, I was again reading a commentary on this, and this is almost a mirror of Jesus. Mirror, right? a mirror, Michigan mirror. The thing you look in. Yeah, a reflection. Reflection. <laughs> Can't talk to you, East Coast accent. Chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate, man. Uh. This is almost a, an exact reflection of Jesus healing Jairus' daughter. Yes. And almost to the word, because he says, like, Tanitha or something, which means little girl. Mm-hmm. And Peter says, Tabitha, rise up. Hmm. Reflection of his teacher. Hmm. It's proving, like, in Jesus isn't on the earth, the Spirit's here. We talked at the beginning of the book of Acts that Acts is a book of transitions. Mm -hmm. And so in order to jumpstart and to allow people to believe that what they were preaching was true, it was bestowed on Peter and some of the apostles to be able to do signs, wonders, and miracles, right? Mm -hmm. So that people would believe. It's interesting, and some of our some of our Christian friends uh, believe otherwise, and and that's okay. But Paul talks about in Corinthians 
a lot of those things are going to cease because when the perfect comes, and I often think about that, I think. Some people really wrestle with the book of Acts. I know that. And really it's just the story of a message and a story that started in the book of Genesis chapter 2 mm-hmm. <laughs> about God redeeming a world through his son. And then his son actually comes 33 years, three and a half years with the disciples, gets crucified, rose again, walks around the earth for 40 days, ascends into heaven. 50 days later, the Holy Spirit comes. And then this fire happens. People started to believe in Jesus. Like, why? Answer me this. Why could they not believe him when he was walking the earth? <laughs> what was so hard about that? There, even now we have more signs and proof of Jesus and the Bible being history that our own pride and our own filth and our ignorance, our own. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't even say ignorance. Because, no, I mean, lack of not knowing, yeah. you know, uh, like I not dumb. Yeah. Lack of not knowing. I, I, even now we get in our own way. What was to, ha- what were to happen if, we experienced Jesus decided, hey, they need waking up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's going to, well, mm-hmm. I mean, he's capable of doing anything. God is capable of doing anything. Mm-hmm. Do I think he'll do that? I've never seen that, but that doesn't mean he can't. Yeah. Far be it from us to suggest that. But like, how would we react and respond? We would try, honestly, and I think even as Christians, we would try to justify it in our own means. We would try to put it in this little box that it wasn't God or it was it was some other thing or whatever. I think we would. I th- oh, it's mystical. Or- yeah, I, I, I think in our own minds, and it's Satan too, but I think in our own minds, we're against ourselves when it comes to that stuff. Well, I think what we're it doubtful. boils down to is humans many times need what's in what's called empirical evidence. Mm-hmm. Empirical evidence is something you can wrap your hands around. This is a bottle. You can touch it, see it, taste it, feel it, smell it, right? Oh, that exists because I can prove that it exists. Well, these people apparently took some miracles to get their attention, but Mm -hmm. it affected a lot of them. Yeah. The whole town of Joppa heard. Yep. You know, Maida and, and Sharon. Yeah, and they were all changed. And the Hellenistic Jews are still hearing it, even though they're, they're, I just think Chasing this is a, I, I think it's a, it's a reminder yeah. for us to continue to keep our eyes open and watching what God wants to do, however he may want to do that. Well, and even that last verse, it's, it's kind of just thrown in there, but it's really interesting. Um, and Peter stayed in Joppa for many days. So he stayed to teach the people. He was there. Converted. But Wait, there's Joppa. Yep. Hold on. Joppa. He stayed in Joppa for many days. Who else went to Joppa in the Old Testament? Uh, who? Come on, you guys. <laughs> Jump in. Jump in. Moses? Jump in. I don't know. Who Jump in. Come on, producer. Wait, uh, I, I got it. No, no, no. <laughs> don't Google it. He's looking at a humongous. No, don't, don't Google it. Who else uh, went to Joppa in the Old Testament? Think about this. 
you can say it, and I'm going to know, but I don't know off the top. No, of God, I don't want to do what you want me to do. I'm going to get on a boat, and I'm going to go the opposite way. Okay, I was I, okay. I was thinking Jonah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, but I was thinking Nineveh. Well, he was supposed to go to Nineveh. Yes, and Nineveh. I he was in Joppa, but he went towards Tarsus. Correct. Uh, so he was from Joppa. He was from Joppa. But okay. so he didn't go. I was to thinking Joppa. Jonah, but I kept thinking. I was like, you Say, is that the same Joppa you think? Yep, it is. Yeah. Well, because um, that's pretty awesome. Though Saul is from Tarsus. Yes, and I looked at a map. It's just north of Joppa. Not far. So yes, it's the same one. Yes. Sorry, I was confused at what you guys you were need to. No, brush up. Money. You do. He didn't go to Joppa. He went towards. No, Tarsus. I said I didn't say he went anywhere. I said who mm. else was in Joppa? Roll it back. Go ahead. Roll go, it back. Go roll it back. But anyway, that's not even what I was going to say. That is interesting. That is a cool correlation. I mean, I, I, I know. We digress. But what I was going to say is, so the very last thing, he stayed there to to teach for many days, which probably was years. We don't know. But with Simon, a tanner. And so, like, that that's really interesting to me because Peter was raised Jewish, too. And Jewish culture, blood, and and all of that is considered unclean. And then Tanner is basically like our modern day uh, uh, taxidermist. Yeah, like skin, skinning hides and yes. tanning hides. And so here's Peter of Jewish descent, staying with what's considered an unclean job, like hanging out with this person. And yeah, God changes. It, it's just this whole he changes cool your rotation. perspective. Yeah. Many times, yeah. I just thought that was like that jumped out at me today. I was like, oh, that's the whole story is bizarre it's, to me. I mean, in a good way, not a bad way. It's, it is. It's awesome. It's a it's a really cool chapter, Acts chapter nine, yes. and it actually foreshadows some of what's going to happen to ten. But yes, so we're going to reset and answer a question. Yep. All right, we're back. Um, okay, so uh, this week's question is from Paul. So say hi to Paul. Hi, hey, Paul. What's up? Hey. Uh, so Where's Paul from? Uh, Texas. Texas. Hawkins, yeah. Texas. Awesome. Um, his question, uh, what are the characteristics of a godly man? I've heard of the Proverbs 31 uh, woman, but never heard of the same in reference to a man. Mm. So, okay. I think, I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot. I don't think there's a specific passage like Proverbs 31, but one that came to mm, my there's mind. There's a close one. There's one that came to my mind was 1 Timothy 6. Um, it says, but as for you, O man of God, yep. flee these things, which he's talking about in the, the previous section, all of these horrible things, like puffed up with conceit, unhealthy craving for controversy, fighting. Um, dissension, slander, evil, suspicions, constant friction, deprived of the truth. So he's talking about all these bad qualities. And then in verse 11, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, which gentleness isn't typically a trait that you think of being a man, but it is definitely a trait of being a godly man. Because, I mean, Jesus was gentle. So, gentleness, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Jesus Christ who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. Keep the commandment unsustained and free from reproach until appearing of our, or until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So, I mean, gentleness, righteousness, steadfastness, love. What was the one you were looking at? Or even you could get into same passage. That's what just came to my mind. You could look into Timothy three and look at the qualifications for an elder and deacon. And those are similar to what a godly man would be too. So I would say this, you know, we all have God made us in his image and we all have different gifts and abilities and personalities, right? So we're all different in that respect. Uh, But to put descriptors, on what a man of God looks like. I have one, I think, stands out above all of them. If you want to be a man of God, you ready? Mm -hmm. Learn to walk in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, Mm -hmm. goodness, a good temper, faith, Against such, there is no law. So the qualities of a human um, where God is living through us and we're pursuing him and we're actively seeking to honor him with our lives and bear his image, the best way, the, 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 the most honoring way of going about living your life that displays Christ is understanding what it means to be under the spirit of God's control. You want to be a real man? Allow the spirit of God to live out through you. You will display all those fruits. Yep. You'll be kind. You'll be loving. You'll be, and a couple of those are right in Galatians chapter five, verse 22. Yeah. Yeah. Gentle, gentle, loving, love, kind. Yeah. I I mean, they're all there and they match up with uh, first Timothy chapter six. Um, And so, is there one verse like Proverbs 31 for women that says, this is a Proverbs 29 man? It, I don't think it's that way. No, but... Um, but all I, through Scripture. I think that I was going to say all through Scripture, <clears throat> especially in the culture, because they spoke more to men generally. Yes. Uh, I mean, you get into First Peter, it's how to be a good husband, or mm-hmm. Ephesians, how to be a husband to your wife. And so I think the whole book is telling you different qualities of a godly man. And I would say the trap we can fall into as men. Yeah. Um, as Christian men, we want we want to do that. We want to live our lives and honor and glorify God, right? And we can get into the trap of trying so hard to display those qualities mm. that we miss it. And if we would just focus on okay, letting God letting God display those character qualities yep. yeah. in us. And trust me, uh, if you're single and looking for a girl, no girl is going to reject love, joy, peace, gentleness, patience. No woman will reject that at all. But I I, I liked what you just said. If you're trying really hard and if it comes back to you, we're never going to make it. You won't. You'll fail. You're never going to make it. You'll get good at one thing and you'll be bad at another thing. Which is why. You'll never be the complete man of God that he wants you to be unless... You're under the control of the Spirit of God who uses the Word of God, mm-hmm. and that's why you need to stay in this thing. Yeah. A man of God reads his Bible, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's where you should start. <laughs> anyway, yeah. appreciate the question, Paul. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, yeah, awesome. If you got questions, send them to inthebookquestions at gmail.com. Yep. <clears throat> we would love to try and answer them and do the best we can. 
God, angels, Whatever. Bible, something. I mean, we might even send you a gift. Yeah. Who maybe, knows? Maybe we'll send care packages. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Not candy bars, though. No, because they're going to get eight in here. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, the cameras can't see it, but there's about three candy wrappers. Oh, they're the all over the floor. <laughs> He's got a whole yeah. a little <laughs> trash yeah. can yeah. under his chair. <clears throat> so, so what did we learn today? Candy's good. Candy. God chocolate, is good. Chocolate is good. God is good. <laughs> Which is a reason why God is good. Because he, he made did, chocolate. He didn't have to make chocolate. That's taste right. But he did. But he didn't have to make us have good taste buds. But he did. He did so many of those things that we could talk about. Mm. I did on the retreat was uh, at the Creation Museum with all the teens. But man, thanks so much for watching. Like, comment, subscribe. Yes, do all please. the things. Check out our other stuff. Yep. Check out our NF Reacts videos. Yes. Um, do it all. We're on. Those are those are burning off the hook. Those things. Our uh, our sermons are now on Spotify. Are they on Apple as well? Just Spotify. Uh, they should be soon. Yeah. Soon. So soon. our sermons. If you're not a YouTube person, they will be. On Spotify as well. Under Rives Church. Under Rives Church sermons. sermons. Rives Church sermons. Sweet. Or check out In the Book. And yeah. don't forget, keep, keep your, your nose, nose in the book. book.